Welcome to The Old Show with Jody Harrison Bauer and her daughter, Lexi. Over the next hour, you will learn how to embrace the age you are now and have the knowledge to walk fearlessly into the next chapter of your life. Now, here are your hosts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Old Podcast, where we talk about everything aging. And today we are going to be talking about confidence, because I think there's a preconceived notion that as you age, you actually are supposed to become more confident. And I think that we're seeing this on The Golden Bachelor, where the women aren't necessarily all that confident. And I think we're about to see more, but it I also think that everybody watching thinks, well, we're seeing these women 60 60 and older, they should be more confident than the 20-somethings. And so I have a report in front of me um, written by, what? Hi, Lexi. (laughs) What? You think that the women on The Golden Bachelor aren't confident? Um, I think we're going to see. I don't think they come off as completely confident. Not necessarily. This is what I'm, I'm... reading is that not reading, but in my mind is that when they walked in, I saw the same um, lack of confidence in them that I would see in the younger girls. I didn't see these women who were just so incredibly confident. They were older, so maybe they knew who they were more. Yeah, but that's what I would expect. I wouldn't expect them to be more confident than the 20-year-olds that are going on there. I I would just expect them to be more sure of themselves, like more sure of who they are and more sure of what they want, but not necessarily more confident. The 20 year olds on The Bachelor might not know who they are or what they want, but they're like, I'm hot. Who cares? And so they have that confidence. Whereas I think the the Golden Bachelor women might have more confidence in, I know who I am. I know what value I bring. I know what I want, but is my belly showing? Does this angle look good? Will he like me? Are these women prettier than me? Like, I don't think that those thoughts necessarily go away, especially when you're being compared to your peers. Like it's not, it's not as if we're seeing 20 year olds going up against 60 year olds, it's 60 and 70 year olds amongst each other. Right. But I also think that knowing who you are, what your values are, is a part of being confident. I agree. I just don't know. I feel like the people on the regular bachelor are so, so immature that they don't even know that they don't know that. Okay. So that's, so that's immaturity. That's a good word to describe. Okay. So we're not really talking about immaturity because obviously these women are going to be, we hope more mature And I think that so far what I've seen, they are more mature. They do have a sense, more sense of self, but that could also be good and bad because sometimes if you have such a sense of self and know what you want so deeply that you may not be open-minded enough to find that person, find that career change. I almost feel like the younger people who think they know what they want, but maybe don't necessarily know, and also don't know that they don't know who they are, have, okay, I guess have the most confidence. The ones that don't know, when you don't know, 
Because they don't know. They don't know that they don't know. Well, I love that. That's the loveliness of being naive. That's what's lovely about ignorance is bliss. What's happening over there? I'm sorry. My lighting was off. Um, That's the lovely thing about like when I started this podcast, not this one, but Fearlessly Authentic, I didn't know anything. So I just went in trails of blazing, you know, trails of blazing, fires of blazing, glints of blazing, right. But then once you know, that's what happens to me is once you know something, you're like, oh, shit, I'm expected to know more. I should be more confident at this point in whatever I'm doing, whether it's a relationship or it's a career. And I think that at any age that can affect us. So the young hot girls coming in on the regular bachelor don't know what they don't know. That's a very, very good point. Right. Because they're most of them are like 24. Um, and I would say that most people at 24, not all, don't really know who they are, or what they want. But they're not, they're also not having these existential crises. They're just like, life is good. I'm hot. No, no, no. I disagree with you because they all think that they've lived a very full life by 24 and then they know the meaning of life. They know what they want. And that's the, There's that's no way. That's their own um insecurity of saying that they know what they want when they go on a show like this. So if you notice, whenever there's a season where there's a quote unquote older young bachelorette, like she's in her, she's 30 or 32, she's like they the old let anyone over 30 on that show. So okay, so 30. And she's like the old maid of the group. They're like, whoa, grandma, you know, and you're 30, you know, so it cracks me up because Yeah, and if I like, met a 24 my baby girl, I would be like well, I don't know what to do with this. If you met a what? A 24-year-old girl. Yeah, right. Right. I mean, you you're you're eons away. You've learned so much from 24 to 30. That's a big, 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 big growth jump. But then as you get older, it evens out a little bit more. So these women, 60 to 75, you know, it's not like the 75-year-old woman might have had more deaths in her family. You know what I'm saying? She might have had more harder things to get over because she's older. So she might have experienced more death because that's what happens when you get older. When you hear yeah, every old person. specific. Well, I mean, Lexi, that's the whole thing is that when you get older, I mean, you've heard your dad say, Oh, you know, reading the obituary page. You know, I don't read the obituaries, but he's been doing that since I've known him. When when I met him at 24, he's reading the obits. I think that's like a Jewish thing. <laughs> I don't think it's a Jewish thing. I don't know if it's a Jewish thing. We'll have to ask some Jewish people. Um, <laughs> we need to ask some non-Jewish people. Yeah, ask your friends if their parents read the obituaries. <laughs> um, I'll, ask, I'll ask somebody. <clears throat> okay, I have two things. One is how are we defining confidence? And two is, I guess, depends on the answer to number one. But I'm feeling now, even though we haven't really gotten into it yet, as if you don't necessarily get more confident with age, it's that you care less about what people think. So and we're talking about judgment. Time. That's judgment. Hold on, let me finish. And you are simultaneously more sure of who you are and what you want, which I think makes it easier for you to not care so much about what others think. But I don't think that that and confidence are not the same thing to me. And I think that people confuse the two. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, but I want to go to this. The state of the confidence, the meaning of it is the state of feeling certain about the truth of something. So believing in yourself, believing, did you hear me? You're looking at me really weird. Because it's such a stupid definition. Can you say that again? Confidence means the state of feeling certain about the truth of something. Quote, it is not possible to say with confidence how much of the increase in sea levels is due to melting glaciers. Okay, that's a real. That's a bad, I don't, that is not how I would define confidence in the way we're speaking about it at all. Well, I think it's also um, confidence means feeling sure of yourself and your abilities. That's how I look at it. Yeah. So, um, so I guess I, you should get more sure of yourself and your abilities as you get older, because you just know you're, you've spent more time with yourself. You know yourself better. You have a bigger sample size to show. Here's what I've proved to myself that I can do. Right. And you get that from your relationships, you get that from work, you get that from your friends, and all of those things put together give you that confidence. And it's just like what I've always talked about when I'm training women is they're not confident the very first time they do a move. And every single time they do it, they become more and more confident. So it's about doing, just as you're saying, they have a bigger sample size. So as you get older, you've done more things numerous times and I've gained that confidence that way, whether it's relationships or the opposite. opposite. Or you could have had confidence because your confidence was based on potential or who you thought you are or who you thought you were going to be. So you can be confident because you haven't had to do the thing to prove yourself right or wrong. And then you get older, let's say you prove yourself wrong then you can lose confidence. And that's called, um, what's it called when you, when you, you're putting out one persona and you're something else. Lying? No, they talk about it on social media when you're in, um, oh, when you don't really believe what you're doing. It's a, it's a thing. It's a thing when people have, um, Oh shit. I can't remember what it is. Okay. I don't know what you're talking about. But what's when you're pretending to be something you're not, and it's a thing in social media, when people have this thing that they're putting out there, like they're the most active person in the world and the happiest person. Meantime, they're sad. Being fake. I I don't know. Yeah, but it's, it's okay. It's like being pretending to be somebody else. It's not a good thing, but there are a lot of people who do that um, on social media. And that's why social media can be harmful to people who lack confidence because they look at these other people and they say, this person has this and this person has this and they're doing all of this and I'm not. It makes you feel bad about yourself. And one of the number one things as in order to gain more confidence is to not compare yourself with other people because you will always, always lose. I learned this from my therapist like over 20 years ago is don't ever compare yourself with anybody else because you will be driven into a deep dark hole with that information and that's going to really hurt your confidence i hate when people say that and everyone says that um comparison is the thief of joy that's lovely in theory but in what world are we actually able to turn the blinders on and not compare yourself to other people i think it's impossible and i think the people that are saying that they're doing it are lying 
Okay. I think it's it's a good thing to be aware of. If you find yourself getting upset because you're comparing yourself to someone and you could say, okay, I'm having this thought. This isn't real. I shouldn't be comparing myself to them and then try to move on from it. Great. But to be like, I'm just not going to compare myself to other people anymore. I don't think that that is physically possible. I think it's the point about that, Lexi, is to not do it to a detriment to yourself. And I think that's what has happened with social media. This is show isn't about social media, but I think that's what's happened on social media because we have access to so many people's lives that people do compare themselves. Um, I think if you do, right. if you can stop yourself and go, this is bullshit, I can't, I have to stop doing this because this isn't good or healthy for me. And that's that's what I see a lot of people doing. I mean, even my clients who are like in their 60s and 70s would compare themselves with other people. I mean, everyone does it. It's human nature. I think it's impossible not to compare yourself to other people. But as soon as you stop doing it, you who you have stopped? this. Did you stop? You've never compared. You haven't compared. I your- used to when I lacked confidence, when I lacked confidence. So when I started competing in fitness shows, I you've heard me tell this story before, but I'm going to tell it again that. I was trying to figure out what my walk was going to look like when I walked on stage and how I would pose and so on. And I would look at the other girls who were 24, 25 years younger than me and how they pose. And I would find somebody whose body was similar to me and I would try to pose like her and I couldn't pull it off. I lo- It looked fake. It looked unauthentic. And my coach was like, Harrison, like stop comparing yourself to these girls who are 20, 25 years younger. Walk the way you fucking want to walk. And I did. And I, as soon as I started walking my walk, I stopped comparing. And guess what? I started winning. I started building my confidence. I think that is a lovely story, but I think it's bullshit. You were telling me that you don't compare, you don't compare yourself to the women you're competing against. That's bullshit. You send me pictures of women all the time and say, this no, woman, no, no. 70, this woman, 65. That's not comparing. I'm not comparing. I look, we all do it. I'm not saying I'm like all the way up here, but I don't don't do it. Why are you looking at these women? Like, see, now you're like, no, it's, of course I'm going to look. I've always said that. That was one. That's when I learned the lesson of comparison would when we would be in that lineup and I would look at those women. I'm like, you know, God, her butt looks better than mine. Her like her quad sweep is better than mine. And then I would have to shake it. And have to shake it off. That's what I'm saying, though. I don't think that you can physically turn off those thoughts. Like, I think for any person, the most confident person in the world in the world is in a fitness competition and lined up with her competition, standing, you know, shoulder to shoulder with them. There's no way for her not to go. Wow, her butt looks amazing. Wow, her calves are amazing. There's no way. There, I do think that the the confident, the emotionally evolved strong person, let's say, we'll say, you know what? Good for them. They have that, but they're not me. I have this and we're good. But the thought is still coming to them. So this is what I think meditation is supposed to be. This is what I try to do when I meditate is that like the thoughts come in and you brush them away. You're not trying to turn off the thoughts. You can't stop thoughts from coming. That's all I'm saying about is the comparison. I think it's human nature to compare and it's impossible not to compare. But what you can do is sweep the thoughts away or try to focus on this person has this amazing thing, but I'm happy for them. I have this amazing thing. There's a way to just 
be okay with those thoughts, but you can't turn them off. I don't think. No, you can't, you you can't turn them off. You can keep them at a level that's healthy for you. Sure. You know, I mean, yes, it's, it's human nature, but like what I'm saying is that if you take it too far, it's, it does, it's not good for your confidence. That's all I'm saying. Of course. But the, so the confidence phrase, I don't, I don't know what word I'm trying to say right now that has always stuck with me that I just learned in the past couple of years was that the best way to build confidence is to make little promises to yourself every day and keep them. So when you're confident- I told you that. Mom, it's everywhere. Lexi, I told you that. Really famous quote. Oh I'm my sure God. you sent it to me, but I don't know it. Well, just- that's what I was just giving you the example of, of my clients trying something new and then coming back and doing it over. That's what's great about having a coach or a mentor. Yeah, it's a little different, but yes. Don't brush off that comment. I'm saying that if you have a mentor or a coach that holds you accountable to come back, do it again, come back, do it again, come back, do it again, you are going to build confidence some along the way. Yes, but that's not what you said when you first brought that example up. You said that people don't have the confidence to do a move the first time they do it. And then they try it again and they do. That's They're both valid points, but they're they're different points. Okay, so go ahead. Tell me your little your quote again. Is making promises to yourself every day and keeping them right. So when you go to sleep at night, I always go through my head, what did I do today? Did I accomplish everything that I wanted to do? You do? Yes. What do you think makes me stay up all night is because if oh, I that don't would be crazy, that is so Capricorn of you. <laughs> yes. Every night before I go to bed, I think about what did I do today? Did I accomplish everything I wanted to accomplish? And what when a I horrible way to go to sleep. <laughs> that is horrible. Sorry. And so, but here's my question. Do you go to sleep every day saying, great job, Jody, you crushed it. Another one in the books. Or no. do you go to bed then thinking about all of the things that you didn't do, because that's what I would do. I would just think about, I wouldn't give myself credit for any of the things I did. I would just say, well, you didn't do this. You didn't do this. You didn't do this. You didn't do this. And then I'd go to sleep feeling like shit about myself. No, what I do is I give myself credit for the things that I did do. Um, And I've learned because I'm almost 63, not to beat myself up over the things that I didn't do because tomorrow is another day. And I will do it. (laughs) I mean, it's not Zen. It's just, I've had to work on these things myself. Otherwise I'll make myself crazy. You know, it's just like, I had like, I had a shitty workout today, but it's because I, I was supposed to wake up at eight and didn't get out of bed until nine. And then I was supposed to bring Ava to daycare by 1030 and didn't get her there till 11. And then I had to be back home at 1145. So it was just. It's- yeah, I did the same. I did the same thing. Obviously, we are very similar people. I was I was going to wake up at 7 a.m., but nope, I stayed up too late. Didn't wake up at 7 a.m. Um, I was just laughing, thinking of you in bed every night being like, good job, Jody. You've got this one done. You know, it's OK. Like, next one next time. I do get like I said, I I've learned to give myself credit for the things that I have done. And it's funny because when Frank and I will talk later in the day, he'll say to me, you know, like how every some 
husband says, so how was your day? And I'm like, uh, I didn't, I, I literally say this. Well, I didn't really accomplish as much as I wanted to today. Um, so I'm a little disappointed. That's what I say. Has he ever said that? I feel like men don't say that. When I ask him how his day was. I feel like the male response is, I, I feel like they would never lead with, well, these are the things I didn't get to. No, he doesn't say they that. tell you about their wins or they just say good, bad. Right. He answers usually could have been better. Hmm. No, an, an optimist. <laughs> well, you know, Frank. <laughs> yep. Could have been better. Could have been better. Okay. Well, I got to get off the phone now. Yeah. So how about, so when you do something that you promised yourself you would do, now will you beat yourself up about it that you didn't get that workout in? Yes. So my favorite activity is to beat myself up. I, it's something I'm really working on. Yes. Um, Thank God. But my issue, well, these are things I don't feel like I should be sharing with the world, but okay. My big issue is I lie to myself. So I tell myself I'm going to do things that I'm simply not going to do. Well, how far-fetched are they? And what? How far-fetched are these promises you make to yourself that you don't keep? Oh, they're not, they're not crazy. It's not like I'm going to go to the moon tomorrow. It's (laughs) like, I'm going to wake up at 6am when I know that I wake up at 8am every day. Like, no, I'm not going to wake up at 6am tomorrow. And I have 30 years of evidence telling me that I'm not going to wake up at 6am tomorrow. So yes, you do. Right. So then I don't do it. And then I'll spend like the whole day being mad at myself for it. So I think I like that. Yeah, no, I know that this is a problem. It's something that I'm working on. Um, So in order to combat that, once I realized that I was doing it, like within the past couple of years, then I do make myself these really baseline promises of things that I know that I can do every day, just so I can have a small win, especially with the the nature of my job. I can't guarantee that I'm going to have a work win every day. I can't guarantee. There are so many things that I can't guarantee, but I can guarantee that I'm going to get my walk-in. I can guarantee that I'm going to get the workouts where I have accountability in, which is why I have accountability for them. But is that a control thing? When I say control, it's that old saying was control what you can, let go what you can't control. So the fact that if you make a small doable promise to yourself that you can control and can do, that's your baseline. And that makes you feel good at the end of the day because you had one to three or four wins. That's a really, really good thing to do. Like start simple. It's always about starting simple. Like when I, when I change somebody's diet around, I don't say get rid of all of these things. I'm like, well, let's just cut down on the diet Coke, something like that. Simple. Right. So I like to start my day with wins every day. So I have like things in my morning routine that make me feel good about myself no matter what. I used to think I needed to be a morning workout person so that the workout would be done. You get those endorphins, you feel good about yourself. And I spent years beating myself up for missing so many morning workouts until I just accepted, guess what? You're not a morning workout person. I don't like working out in the morning. I will work out at 8, 9, 10 p.m. Me but too. I don't want to work out in the morning. And so now that I have accepted, I don't need to work out in the morning to work out or to be like a healthy, good person. 
that was a big change. But I do have small things that I do in the morning that I could say, okay, I got this one thing done. I do have things that I do every day to make me feel one, like I had that I can control to make me feel like I had a win, but also to make me feel good. No, I, I think that's great advice. It's, you know, confidence is, you know, every time you have a win that builds your confidence. So it's just building, building blocks. It's not one big thing. I think that there, it's just not one big thing. It, oh, that's the thing. It's the, it's not one thing at all. I think it's the repetitive nature of it. And for something like, we're talking like morning routine or my daily walk, like to call that a win is so pathetic. Like that's not a win or you went on a walk, but it's the fact that I know it's not true. Just listen to me. I'm not being negative about it. Like it's, it's a ridiculous thing to call a win, but it's something that I know that I do every day that makes me feel good that I can say, this is something that was on my to-do list today that I checked off and then I can feel good about that. And the more that you, and this I think comes back to the age, the more that you get to know yourself, the more you can set yourself up for success. So my first couple of years working, trying to go to 6am workout classes before I had to go to the office, that made me feel bad about myself because I would miss, I would miss them frequently or I would sleep through them. And then I would feel like shit about myself. But right. once I learned, Hey Lexi, you're not a morning workout person. And I started working out at night. I was able to set my day up so that I had more wins and felt better about myself. So I think that's a big thing where the age and getting to know yourself comes in to play, to be able to help with your confidence. All right. So that's a really good point going and then talking about these women on the golden bachelor 60 to 75. I think there's no doubt in my mind to say that they, they should know themselves better than a 25 year old does. Yes. And they're less likely, I think, to put themselves. This is not really about confidence, but now I'm just thinking about The Bachelor. They're less likely to put themselves in positions where they'll look bad, I think, because they know themselves. So they know I do well in these situations. I don't do well in these situations. These are conversations I like to have. These are conversations I don't. I know when to keep my mouth shut. I know when to speak up. Whereas people in their, let's say, early 20s who typically go on the show are likely still figuring that out, which is where we get a lot of the messy drama. Not to say we won't get drama, but I don't think that the drama will be from these women embarrassing themselves. It will be for them screaming, this is me, this is me, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. I mean, I watched The Bachelorette with Charity the last season, and there were a lot of young guys on there, and it just showed their age, their lack of maturity to refer back to what you said earlier was the lack of maturity. So that's- yeah, to be fair, I do think that everything we're saying is pretty strictly female. I think we would have to do a whole different episode on men and confidence and age. Um, well, because I think a young clueless man is the most confident, like a scary, scary level of confident. Um so I, whereas I don't think that women have that same as much 
blind confidence. It is a different, it is a different situation, men and women, totally. You you can't compare them because it is different. But I don't know if I, did I get to this bell curve of confidence from no, you didn't. the health report from, I want to cite it correctly. It's the Harvard Health, Harvard Health. So it talks about when we were talking about as you get older, do you lose some confidence? And in the report, it says, as you become older, it's common to lose some confidence as your body changes and you face life-altering events like retirement, health issues, and loss of loved ones. Right. Um, The bell curve of confidence they talk about, um, a person's level of confidence and self-esteem typically follows a bell curve. It gradually rises during the late teen years peaks during middle age and tends to decline after age 60, according to a 2010 study of people ages 25 to 104 in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology. So that's why I wanted to talk about that. All I think the world watching The Golden Bachelor is going to think that these women are so confident. And from watching the show last week, And being a woman over 60, I don't necessarily think that age confidence equals getting older. Like you don't necessarily, as we just discussed, get more confident as you get older. You just know yourself a little bit better. And you 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 agree with, because I agree, I agree with the bell curve. Obviously I haven't experienced a lot of it yet, but I would say so far, my confidence definitely went up and I feel like peak confidence, honestly, college. No, I was going to say high school because, well, that's what they say. They said, um, late teen years. So that would be like 17, 18, 19. Right. So I think peak confidence is a high school senior, which they have that saying, there's no one older than a high school senior, no one younger than a college freshman. Then you get knocked down a peg when you go to college. Mm -hmm. So, or, you know, start a job or whatever you're doing after high school. I think like you have a little bit of a fall from grace. Mm -hmm. And then I think it goes back up as you continue through the early twenties. Yeah. And then I think again, so let's just say we're talking about people who go to college. So it goes down a little when you start, because you have no friends, you have no idea what you're doing. You're starting this whole new thing goes up throughout those four years of college. And then you get knocked down again a little bit when you have to start going to the real world, start a job. And then I think you hit another peak around 25. You've been working for about three years. You have some money, you have some confidence, you have some skills, but you still look pretty similar to how you did when you were 17, 18, 19. You still have all the friends. You're still like having a lot of fun. So I think that's a peak. Um, for confidence too. And then I think for women, this is so sad, but maybe after 25, 27, 28, as you start getting closer to 30 and society is screaming at you, your values going down, your values going down. Then you start to think, "Uh Oh, I'm approaching 30. Am I getting old? Am I getting ugly? Am I getting undesirable? Right. So that happens. And I mean, that's where I am now. I don't really have those thoughts, but I also don't Turning 30 definitely felt like a big deal for me. And I don't want to say rocked my confidence, but it was definitely a moment. 
And they, they say that your thirties are more confident than your twenties, which I believe, but I'm not being only halfway through my 30th year. I, I feel the same this year as I did at, I would say 28, 29 at least. Yeah. Well, when you step into 31, you will feel different. It, it is a totally different feeling. And I do, you- sorry, I do think I have a much better sense of myself, who I am, what I want right now than I did at 29, 28, 27. But I don't know how much of that is what has happened in my life in the past three years and how much of it is the fact that I'm 30. And I also don't know that it's that different. If I'm looking back, I feel very sure of what I want now being 30. But if I were to ask my 25-year-old self and my 17-year-old self those questions, it probably wouldn't be that different. Like, I think if you sat down 17-year-old Lexi, 21-year-old Lexi, 25-year-old Lexi, and 30-year-old Lexi and asked them what they wanted in life, I don't think the answers would be that different. No, but I can tell you as the the mother who, who birthed you um, that, I mean, I've watched all the transformations. I will say, going back to your original point, is that you know yourself better. That's what I love seeing about you is... Do, I think what you want out of life has tweaked because I think you thought you needed to be this. And now you're realizing at the ripe old age of 30 that you can be something else or tweak what you thought you needed to be. And I I see that you have the confidence to step forward into that and own it. That's what I see. So even though the wants, whatever they were, or the desires at 17 um, could still be the same at 30, but maybe the way you approach it and the way you're living it is going to be very different. So what would you say, two questions, having watched me, what would you say my most confident years have been? Do you think I've been following the bell curve so far? And then do you think that is true for most people based on your experience? I think that I did see a huge peak of confidence when you were like a junior in high school and yeah. then senior. I saw a huge, I mean, you broke up with your boyfriend because you wanted to have a lot of fun and be a single gal your senior year. Like that's, that was a pretty confident move. Didn't you break up? Yes. Didn't you break up with him senior year or junior year? I thought it was sophomore year, but maybe it was junior. No, it was. You're like, I want to have a great, all of my friends are single. I don't want a boyfriend. None of these, none of these things are true. Yes, they are. That is not why I broke up with him. Okay. Well, there might've been other reasons, but you were, you wanted to be unattached going into your senior year. I specifically remember you saying that. No, that was when I broke up with my college boyfriend to go abroad. I wanted to. No, no, that was another time, Lexi. That was another time. I'm telling you, ask your sister. I'm telling you. Definitely broken up junior Maybe it was junior year, junior and senior year. Yeah, yeah. You were broken up junior and senior year. So I saw that confidence at 17 and 18, junior and junior and um senior year of high school. Then um and then I saw it go back up again at like 20. Yeah. And stay up there. Uh, yeah. 20. And I saw it stay up there. I agree. For a long, long time. For a long, I think it long felt time. Like two years ago. Yeah. There was a little, a little dip when I went 
the transition from college to work honestly wasn't that That was that was very normal you were moving to a new place you had no friends in the city that wasn't that wasn't bad though I that was very normal that yeah that was that was nothing yeah and I I agree and I don't it has not gone down until the past two and a half years I so I would say it went down at my breakup. So I was 28. Yeah, you were 28. Right. So I had just turned 28. Right, when you were in- a really big, really serious, bad breakup. And that hurt my confidence a lot. Yeah. That knocked you right off. That yeah. knocked you right. That, that, kicked, down that, that kicked that kicked the shit out of you. I was there the whole time. So I know. Um, and I think um, I've seen you build up your confidence in the last year tremendously. And so I think you're on a, I think, I think you're on the way up again, kiddo. But this one was, okay, this is, I will, I have so many questions for you, but another one that we can come back to is this feels, this one feels like the first time that I had to build the confidence up myself. Like this last, oh, the past two years, I've had to build my confidence back up myself by doing things that we talked about earlier. Whereas earlier in life, I didn't have to do those things. It was like the external factors were building up my confidence for me. I didn't have to actively do anything. So when you did the breakup in college, you were leaving to go abroad. So you were going with friends. So you didn't really didn't say that all of these were breakup related because they weren't the the high school. No, that wasn't growth had nothing to do with the breakup. Those two things were completely unrelated. Um, And college was just, I think it was both just like figuring out who I am. So by that point in high school, I, felt really confident in my body. I felt really confident in my friends. I felt really confident in how I was doing in my classes, in my place in the school. I had figured out like, I'm not an athlete. I had learned what clubs to join. I Like I had found my place. Mm-hmm. Same with that time in college, 20 years old. Let's say I was a year and a half, two years into college. I found my friends. I found my place. I was doing well in school. I had started my major. I knew I was looking for internships. Like I just felt like everything that was happening around me was good. Whereas the, the most recent confidence knockdown was I lost a relationship. So I didn't have that around me. Then I had some career stuff happen. So I didn't have that around me. So it felt like a lot of the things around me were crumbling. So I had to build back up myself in order to build up the things around me. Whereas previously, I think the things around me had been able to build me up for myself. And I feel like that is an age thing, but I'll leave that for you to comment on since you've, you're I, Right. So I do think that is a little bit of an age thing because as we spoke about earlier, as you become more self-aware of what quote unquote, you're good at, you're not so great at, how you deal with stress and, you know, anxiety, whatever it is that's eating at you, 
um, that you're like, okay, well, I can't deal with this right now. And this is how I need to deal with this. So what it is, is because you're becoming more self-aware of yourself. And that's a really good thing because that self-awareness eventually leads to more confidence, you know, because right now it's sort of messy right now. It's like we go from high winds and that's normal, like as you get older. So that's why it's so important to celebrate every single win that you always have for you, for anybody listening, for me, celebrate every single win because they don't come as fast and as furiously as they did in high school and in college. And in your early twenties, they just don't come that fast. Okay. So now one of the things that they say in this, in this um, report is that um, part of the one is that the researchers said the main reason for this pattern, the bell curve is that midlife is when people typically occupy the highest positions of power, status, and importance. Right. That makes sense. Right. They're working involved in relationships and more adventurous about trying new things. In contrast, older adults often lose these roles as they enter the later stages of life. So what happens in your thirties is you're building up to that time where you're midlife in your forties, you're building. So typically people are having children sometime in their thirties. It's getting older because we're all living longer, but 30s is when you have the family stuff, you have all this stuff going on, and then you hit your 40s and you're like, oh, okay, I'm president of this company and I'm running this, I'm doing this. Yes. Thank you for explaining to us how how lives go. Right. Ask me that. Well, no, and then you hit your 50s, 60s. Your kids leave. You're not taking care of them. Wait, wait, stop. Wait, retire. Stop. So it's not that you hate your fifties. Okay. I did. I you did. did. You said I said you hit. hit. Oh, I thought you said hate, and I'm like, why is she saying that? Your fifties. Yeah. You're no longer head of the household because no one's in the household. Right. You're slowing down at work. You're looking towards retirement. Fifties, sixties. I don't know. Whatever it is. Yeah. But you're not the top of your game anymore. Right. And then you feel your value going like, well, where do I fit in? Which I imagine is worse because you used to be there and you're looking back, which sounds horrible. It's very hard because you had so much value and you had so much worth and people relied on you to whatever it was to do. And now they're no longer, you're no longer needed. And that's what's so difficult about the empty nest syndrome if you're a stay at home mom or even if you're not a stay at home parent is that, wait a minute, I had these kids that drove me crazy and now they're not here. And so where am I needed? I don't know where I'm needed anymore. It's a right. very, it's it's a new, like you've gone through menopause. You don't feel as sexy as you used to. You might've gained weight. You're slowing down. Your skin doesn't look tight and soft and supple as it used to. Your hair is thinning um, and you might have some ailments and you're losing a parent. So there's a lot of stuff that's going on that brings Sounds more horrible. stress. Sounds horrible. It is. Menopause is horrible. Um, but there is relief. And, you know, your parents getting older and relying on you is really stressful. And then um, and then your kids don't need you anymore. And when you talk to them, they're like not the nicest people in the world. So um it's it's very, very hard. It's a tough time. 
Um, but then everybody gets older and you come together and it's very, very nice. And I think that's what's lovely about being over 60. 50s are tough. I tell everybody I see these women who are like 53 and going, yeah, I got this. They have no idea what's coming. So what's good about it? Being in your 50s? Or 60s? I like not, actually to, any good here. to be, to be honest with you, I'm enjoying being in my, I enjoyed my forties. You know that I enjoyed my thirties. I enjoyed well, my forties. If you're going to go back through all the decades, then you need to tell us your peaks and valleys of confidence the way I did. Okay. God, I don't know if I can remember that far back. I was very confident in high school. I was, yes. you know, I was very confident in high school and working yeah. because <laughs> I don't want to say it because you're going to give me a hard time. But yes, I was like, I was a cheerleader, cheerleading team. My boyfriend was the captain of the football team and basketball team and baseball team. Also, I think he was a, he was a tri captain athlete and he was like an honor. So he was recruited to every Ivy league school. So, um, he gave me a lot of confidence. I'm going to just say it. It sounds really awful to say that, but he gave me a little, a lot of confidence and he was really popular and we were both very popular together. So it was cool. So I had a lot of confidence. And then I went to college. And just as you said, um, I was probably knocked down a few pegs because I'm like, I went to a women's college. So I was always probably in the, the top 10 percentile of attractive people in high school, I would say. And I went to college and there were women all from all over the world. And there were a lot of women who were way prettier than me, smarter than me. And had better personalities than me. And there and were no, there were no boys. And your popularity in high school was largely, is it safe to say, largely due to boys? You weren't. It wasn't yeah. because the girls loved you. You weren't like queen bee of the girls. No, I was never queen bee of the girls. So no, it was. I had a few close girlfriends, and then it was my boyfriend. So uh, yeah, I went to college and I'm actually, I, I've talked about this many times, but I think about why did I ever put myself in that situation? And I think it was to grow. I really think yeah. it was to grow. I'm like, what am I? Am I sadistic? Or like, why did I put myself? You, you needed to learn how to befriend. I, I think I knew that this is what we didn't say universe, but I think this was what was the universe needed me to go. This was my route. And I thought about every single year transferring to another school. And um, I didn't do it because the women that I met became very good friends of mine. I learned so much from them. I learned how to amp up my game. And um, I I left graduating from that college a better woman. I really did. A more confident woman. And then um, and then I started working and I didn't really... I, I So my confidence was still pretty good. Although I wanted a job I will say that the job that was the one everybody wanted was to be a sales rep for Procter and Gamble. They came in and they recruited like crazy at at our school. It was Procter and Gamble, and it was another company like that. And um, because they were offering the most money, and you had to have everything. You had to have the looks. You had to have the grades. You had to have everything. And I knew I could nail an interview, so I was very disappointed when I didn't get the job. So that made me feel less confident. Um, and then I lived with like five other girls in a shitty house. And I'm like, I'm making $10,000 a year. This was 1983. So it was still not a lot of money for 1983. And, um, you know, I started doubting like where my life is going. I started losing my confidence. 
But then I made friends at work. Then I met your dad. I met your dad two months after I graduated from college. So, um, you know, I felt very confident around him. So I, I've had a lot of confidence. And um, then I ended up getting a better job back in Connecticut. That built up my confidence. And then we got married when I was 24. And okay. I'd have to say, I'd have to say that during that whole time, having children really, really, really built up my confidence because I knew, like, I know I'm a, I would be a good mommy. So, like, having these babies, like, of course, I got this. Like, have being a mom, being a really good mom, um, I built my whole life around being a mom. My entire life was being a mom. So when and, did your, so between college after college when was the first time your confidence went down so went up you get a good job it goes up you meet your husband it goes up you get a better job it goes up you have kids it goes up so now we're at 32 you have two kids you're not working but you feel really confident in yourself your abilities to be a mom do you not go down again until 42 when you get divorced or did it even go down when you got divorced it might have gone even higher <laughs> No, it kept, I would say my confidence stayed at a steady level in my 30s. Are you shaking your head? <laughs> I'm just laughing at you. Um, it stayed at a steady level. I went to the gym. I worked out. I felt very confident doing that. That gave me a sense of confidence. So having these children that I was raising, living the life that I was living, um, and again, my life surrounding around surrounding being a mom and then taking care of myself when you guys were off at school, so it wasn't until I was very, when I got divorced um, at 42, I I thought I had a lot of confidence because how could I have ever gotten through anything like that? Um, it was my it was my choice, and uh, all of a sudden I was like, "What the fuck did I just do? Like, what?" I feel what? like you were probably peak confidence. Like going into it, finalizing it, and well, then I was scared. Like right I was, after you were I like, I was really oh. scared. Right, I was really scared. I didn't. I hadn't worked for like eighteen years, and um, I, you know, even though I, I had a safety net, I, it was still very scary. And I did feel young, but I felt I was getting older faster. I, I was just interviewed by Maria Shriver's The Sunday Paper. And they asked me when I started thinking about aging. And it wasn't until my late 40s when I started going through menopause that I started thinking I'm getting older and I started losing confidence then, even though. So How did that not happen until that age? Well, like I said, when I got divorced at 42, I was confident but scared, not arrogant at all but no, but i mean you didn't have any signs of aging until menopause no i how did you birth me i hate you so much <laughs> i mean i had some gray hairs but i i mean i didn't like get 40? botox until like i was 46 yeah i hate you stop it but it wasn't <laughs> until i went through menopause and I was competing. That's when I won my two world shows was at 49, like at the peak of me going through menopause. And I think it was when I opened my business at 50 and started seeing my younger clients coming to me in their 30s, 
which was a place I could relate to so much. These were all women from the suburbs in their 30s. And I'm like, I'm getting older. You were also, the year that you opened your business was the same year that I, your youngest child, left for college. So then you also had no children. I had no children at home. So that's when the dawning, like this article is saying, that's when it dawned on me. Wow. My oldest is out of college. My little one's going to college. The relationship I was in was toxic. Like, what the hell? Like, I'm getting old. I got to figure this shit out fast. So, um, you know, I knew, I know this is going to sound corny to you because you've heard it your whole life, but I continue to just stay in shape and challenge myself and stay healthy mentally as much as I possibly could and make as much money as I possibly could because the money from alimony was about to run out and I was scared. I was really scared. So that's when I started losing my confidence in my abilities. And then I was in a toxic relationship, which bumped me down in my confidence level. So you did not, you had a steady incline of confidence from, let's say, 16 to 49. I would say even from ninth grade, whatever, 14. Whenever, when did you, when were you allowed to shave your legs? At the end of eighth grade. So at the end of eighth grade, the summer going into ninth grade, I high school, I was able to shave my legs and I got my braces off and I didn't have any more pimples. Yeah. That's when going into ninth grade is when I got my braces off. And that's when, that's when you had, that's the like coming of age, like, yes, like she comes back to school. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah, we both had that in ninth grade. That makes sense. Okay, so 49. Yeah, but that gave me a lot of confidence that I won those two world shows and that I had the ability to open up, you know, this this, um, studio and I had all these new clients and I was making money. So Right, her confidence is low, yet she is winning that bikini titles and opening a business. But, But there's a difference between being confident on stage and being confident in real life. Like that did give me the confidence because I worked so hard on you have to do it. It's right. Not so, like- so it did build my confidence. Um, yeah. So I, I didn't, my confidence didn't really, I guess I haven't had a real low. No, but you are, I do think that people have different like levels, natural. What is the word I'm trying to say? I don't know. People have different like resting levels of confidence. And I think your baseline confidence, like I would categorize you generally as a very confident person. Right. But I went through that when I was younger, the whole people pleasing thing, which. Right. Whereas but if that's we're judgment the two of us, I would say you are naturally your base level confidence is higher than mine throughout all of these phases of life that we've we've talked about. Right. So I think that there's that also for, so for me to be like, what, it didn't drop again until you were 49. I think we have different levels of what normal is. I worked so hard to raise you as a confident woman. I think I am naturally like this because I see, I know you're confident speak as a child. So it's not like It's not like I had some traumatic experience where suddenly, like, I was just, I came out of the womb very shy. You you were shy. You were always, you were such a good baby. 
Like I'm just a shy, nervous girl. That's my natural state. I'm not like that all the time, but my natural state is to stand in the back and listen and watch. Your natural state is to grab the microphone. But I wasn't always like that. I, I, I will tell you there, I just realized there was a dip, but it was just momentary. Um, when I became the president of my Hadassah chapter. Oh my God, so relatable. I know. it's. I was head of this fundraiser, uh, fun, of fundraising. But what, what, what was I We're head of? We're being really stupid today. It was being stupid. It was... Um, a charitable organization. A charitable, that's the word I couldn't think of, a charitable organization. And the very first time I had to talk to the women because the old president was giving me the microphone to speak in front of about 75 women. I literally, I, my voice shook so much. I I could not talk. I could not talk, but it only took me that one time. And then I was like, where's the microphone? I got this. So it was just, it was I was never, I, I quit public speaking in high school because I was so nervous. So I do have the nerves, you know, I get nervous before the shows too. Right. But I'm just talking about like, not like, I don't even know this. What were you like as like a small child? Um, I was quiet. I was quiet. I didn't disturb anybody. You and I were very similar. I was the quiet People but you were the pleasing. Born, so there was a lot of attention on you. So you like you probably liked that attention. But then Sharon was born two years later and everybody liked her better than me. They all liked her better than me. Um, and I just kept quiet. I was, if my mom told me we're going to dance class three times a week, I went to dance class. If she said, Jody, get ready and wear your pink tights and your black leotard, I put on my pink tights and my black leotard. Sharon okay. were the yeah. we were the same. Right. Because you see these videos of like famous singers and actresses and stuff and you see them like two years old with a microphone right there's no picture of me anywhere with holding a microphone ever no where like Liz, when she was a baby we have all these pictures of her talking on the phone she had to shut up since before she could speak so like that is her natural like that is how she is and of course she became more confident you know speaking and being in front of people as she got older but the fact that she was two years old, who will listen to me talk on this phone? Right. That's her natural. Right. She was very different than I was as a child. Right. She was very right. different than me. Yeah. 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 And everybody. So are those people who are just naturally. I don't know. Like, and it's not even necessarily a confidence thing, but there are people who like to be the center of attention and like mm-hmm. to perform and people who don't be performing and being the center of attention is my worst nightmare. Right. And then we could get into the whole shy. Does being shy mean you don't have any confidence? Not necessarily. I think some of the shyest people could be what some of the more confident people, because you'll see, as you referred to entertainers, a lot of them, even though we talked about seeing them with a microphone, a lot of them are also very quiet and perform. As soon as they hit that stage, they're on, but then they come off stage, they're very quiet. Right. You know, so that's another thing. It doesn't, you know, shy, confident. Um, that's that's a whole nother well, thing. Those are all things that get 
mistaken also like being totally. loud doesn't necessarily mean you're confident and I I will say I do think I'm still shy obviously not as shy as I used to be but I think it's more so that I'm quiet until I have the lay of the land because I like to figure things out but I also really don't believe in this sounds ridiculous on a podcast but I don't believe in speaking unless I have something to say I don't believe in speaking just to just to make noise, which has been actually a big problem for me in my life. Um, I don't believe in speaking just so people I know that know that I'm there. I'm only going to speak if I have value to add and something to say. And I don't think that is a lack of confidence. I think people could confuse that for a lack of confidence, but it's just like a personality trait, I think. Well, you remind me somewhat of Frank because he only speaks when he has something to say and then you can't shut him up. Um, because I just don't think he reads the room really well. But um, but you've always been like that. You don't speak unless you have something valuable to share. And I respect that. I like that. I like that about me. Like, I, I like that about you too. My mother, oh my God, she just talked for the sake of talking. Right. I had the most outgoing mother in the world that, that one of the reasons I was so shy is because my mom was in the limelight all the time. So I'm like, dude, I am not even trying to compete with this because I can't compete with this electric human being that's like out there all the time. My dad, I'm much more like my dad. He was quiet. He was a little bit shy. No one listening is going to believe you. (laughs) I know people don't believe that I could be shy, but I'm not the loudest person in the room. I could be. I can be. Yeah. But it's not necessarily where I want to be. I like to sit back. You know, when I was visiting your sister, and there were all these, listen to me. When I was visiting your sister, when I was visiting your sister, there were a lot of people in lots of the, there were, I was around a lot of people. I was, I was pretty quiet. You can ask her. She'll tell you. Anyway. um, You have become a bit more like your outgoing mom as you have gotten older. Don't say that. Don't say that. I know sometimes I hear myself and I'm like, no. Can you, like what? Or we'll talk about it off air. You and I I might be a little Rhea Jody. Well, you better get your shit together because I don't want you to, like, I will, I'll tone it down. What, that I'm like. You don't um, have to tone it down. I just. When you say I grew up with this mother with this big personality in the limelight, that's that's what I grew up with also. Can you imagine if Rhea had social media? She'd be a star. Oh my God. Right. She'd get be getting all these brand deals. She would be famous. She would be famous. I know, because she was famous wherever she went. Yeah. So she would she would have been one of the original influencers if that was an option. I know. I know. Well, I haven't finished. So Confidence goes up. You got to dip as you start to hit menopause. And then how do you feel that your confidence has changed from 40, uh, from 50 to 63? Has it been going down? Has it been going up? Has it stayed pretty steady? Did it go back up after you exited menopause? Well, not 63 yet, Alexis. Um, Okay. In two Two months, months, I'll be 63. Um, I would say that my confidence has gone up since I turned 60. 
I think that because of the relationship that I was in, in my early to mid fifties, that knocked down my confidence big time. And I was also, you know, a new business owner and there were a lot of things going on and I was going through menopause. So there were changes to my body, toxic relationship, hormones are going crazy, worrying about my children, worrying. I mean, you guys were fine. You were absolutely fine. Yeah, we were um, doing great. You were fine. I didn't have to worry, but as a mother, I was worried. And then worrying about, you know, am I going to have a successful business? So it was all of those things. And then how do I get out of the toxic relationship? That really knocked me down a lot. So um, I would say as I got out of that relationship, I gained more confidence because I felt good that I was able to pull myself away from that relationship and get into a healthier relationship with somebody who was more mature, who was a better fit for me. So I'm not saying That's Frank, I'm not saying Frank, right. Knowing yourself, Frank didn't give me confidence, but I felt confident being with some that I had chosen to be with him. Do you know what I mean? Yes. That, it's like what I was talking about when I said how I felt like I had to build my confidence back up. You had to build it up yourself by choosing the right partner. Correct. Correct. And, and it made you feel good to make the right choice after having been in a toxic relationship for so many years yeah. and repeatedly choosing quote unquote the wrong. Right. Yeah, choice. definitely. Definitely. And so now that I'm almost 63, um, I, I, I don't feel limited by anything. I feel really confident about everything that I'm doing. And you know, obviously it goes down a little bit when I try something new, I'm like, like even like whatever, that's another story. Um, but just trying new things. You always like lack the confidence at first. Like we were, we started and I started a new podcast last week and I was like nervous, nervous, nervous. And you were helping me through it because I, I lacked the confidence to know I didn't have any control over it. I didn't know what was going to happen, but you were there for me and you helped me. And then after we got everything done, I felt more confident because I had done it. It's taking the action and doing it. I promised myself I was scared. I did it. And then afterwards, it's like when I get nervous about certain guests I'm interviewing, you're going to be, you always say to me, mom, you're going to be fine. And then I get done with the interview. So annoying. <laughs> She'll call me and be, I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. And I know that she's just going to get on and be fine. And then she gets on. It's fine. She calls me after. It was amazing. We talked for so long. It was such a good episode. But right. so how do you, how would you compare your confidence now at 63 when you're saying it's very high to your confidence in your 30s when you were living the life you wanted, being a good mom, feeling really good about yourself, and then maybe to you in college? This is the most confident I've been. Ever. I would say so. I, I mean, I think it matches the confidence level after I had you um, because I had two miscarriages in between you and your sister. Um, I think once I started, um, after I had you, I was more confident. I was a much more confident mom. And so I kind of feel that where I am right now at 63 is where I was kind of at 33. 
Like I'm. But you said it was the most confident you've ever been. So do you feel like you have the same level of confidence that you did at, at let's call it 33 a year after you had me? Or do you think it's more now because you have that same level of confidence, but you also have 30 more years of life experience? That's, knowing that's what I was going to add is that it's the life experiences. It's very hard to compare who I was at 33. I didn't know wh- who I, it's not that I didn't know who I was, but I didn't have any aspirations to be anything other than a mom at that time. Like that was my only goal in life is to go to the gym and be a good mom. Um, honestly, right. I know that sounds so ridiculous to you, but it's the truth. No, it doesn't. And it's like what I was saying, if you were to put three past me's in a room, they would probably tell you that they all want the same thing. So then it's like, I think we've talked about this in a different episode when we were talking about relationships, how you're always trying to get back to the purest form of you version of you that hasn't been like diluted by society. And so I would say based on this conversation that the purest form of confidence is maybe that confidence, that first confidence spike that you hit and that maybe you're just always trying to get back to that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't look back. I wouldn't because the way you feel confident is a different feeling. So when you asked me that question, the confidence I had at 33, 34, 35, and so on is not the same feeling I have now because I've had all of these life experiences. So I know myself way better and I have goals and dreams. And I don't, I feel that because I've gotten through some very tough times in my life, in my adult life. Um, that I do have the confidence to to take on challenges going forward. Just because I know myself better. I know what I like. I know what I don't like. And honestly, I don't really compare myself to anybody. Um, you know, again, going back to the comparisons, I might for a second and then pull it back real fast because I know it's not going to get me anywhere. Um, but that's what I think. And going back to the women on uh, the Golden Bachelor that you're going to see that they just know themselves better. And I think with that comes confidence. Right. I think it also will, I think what we'll see a lot more of is that, that knowing yourself equals confidence in dating, I think in a way that, because when you don't know yourself as much and you don't know what you're looking for, I think it's, I hope he likes me. I hope he likes me. I hope he likes me. Whereas if you know yourself better and you know what you're looking for, it's more, do I like him? Is this going to work? I and said I, that about the I don't bachelor. know if we'll see that this season, actually. I said that. And I might have said that to Kim. I'm not sure who I said it to, either you or her, or said it to myself. But that I don't want those women going in like the girls do, saying, um, I hope he likes me. I hope he likes me. I, I want them to say, do I like him? Do I like him? And if <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I'm just reiterating. Yes, I feel the same way we may see that's going to be one of the insecurities because maybe they just feel like they should find him attractive. I mean, I like him now. Right. Well, and then there's, I guess we should probably do a separate episode on dating and age and confidence, but then there's also the flip side of the conversation. That's like, well, you might be more sure of what you want, but you also might have more of a scarcity mindset rightfully so, because there simply aren't that many single men in their 70s. 
if I were single and I've said this before, I don't think I would be worried about, I don't think I would have the scarcity mindset. I don't know. I might just be stupid. I mean, I'm married. So I think it's because you haven't avoiding a scarcity mindset in dating is really important and really hard. I think I live in one of the most populated cities in the world. And it's hard for me to think about sometimes I'm like, where are all the men? Right. They're literally on the street and it's still, I know hard to find them. You never, you said you were going to find me 30 dates in 30 days. You couldn't find me. Well, you never gave me access to your, um, yes, I did. Remember we sat on the couch for hours and you said, but you didn't give me access. I can't log in. We sat on the couch for hours and scrolled through hinge. And you told me that you felt bad for me because the options were so bad and you laughed at so many profiles and you said, I feel I think I I think I don't think I said that but I think you should look uh, you should look at older men older like anyway that's another story but we do need we should do an episode on with me just looking for men for you but you have to give me access like I can't log in to your like live stream the the hinge profiles that's illegal is it yeah we can't do you know how? No, I wouldn't put anybody's name up here. I would just talk about the men that I've looked for. And then we can talk about, we could talk about the dates that you've gone on with the men that I've picked out. I think that would be a really fun show. We'll see. Okay. See if you can find me a date first. I will. Um, so in wrapping all of this up, because I have to go pick up my puppy, um, in wrapping all of this up, this was, I really like this conversation. Um, if you, as you are getting older, here are five strategies. I needed to get to them before we get. No, it's <laughs> no, those aren't the ones. Okay. You got to take care of yourself. Okay. You've got to work out and you've got to eat healthy, right? It's, it's proven. Like look at Gary on the bachelor. I mean, honestly, if you have to, you know, that article that you sent me about the golden bachelor. And uh, they said that it was unrealistic for men to think that they can look like that. Cause he doesn't even have a dad bod. I'm like, yeah, this is a guy who's probably naturally thin, yeah, but he's he, active. He's naturally thin. I mean, you can see when they show the old photos, this man, I don't, I don't it's like think Frank. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's very, he's naturally thin for sure. He definitely has great genes. The man is barely gray. He has there, I saw a video that was like, your skin looks great. Show us your skincare routine. And he's like, I just splash some water on it. And how does your hair look so good? I just splash some water in it. Right, right. So he obviously he, has great, uh, great, great genes. He does. Yeah. He definitely does. And he's like spry and young and like very, very young at heart. All right. So I don't think Excuse he's me. sitting at home every night eating lasagna. No, he's not. I think he right. takes his his um, health very, very seriously. So um, eating healthy, exercising, and feeling good, learning something new. That's something that we've always talked about, Lexi, is I'm always trying to learn something new. We've talked about, you talk about that too, learning something new every day because that keeps our cognitive skills sharp. And it's very important. And I think, you know, when I was doing ballroom dancing and doing the Latin dancing and competing, I didn't love it, but what I loved about it was that my body was moving in a different way and my brain had to work so friggin' fast, very different than weightlifting. So I love that for myself. And I understand why so many older women do ballroom dancing 
They want the companionship of their professional dancer. So they're paying paying for that time with him. Um, I didn't need that. And they're also paying um, to move in a very graceful, feminine way. Um, so learning a new activity is a great way to stay sharp, challenging yourself physically. So they talk about pickleball all the time. I do not play, but exercising regularly, staying connected. Will see you play pickleball. I don't, what does that mean? Do you think? I, I just think it would be so fun. I cannot picture you on a pickleball court. Because you don't think I can move that fast? No, you don't have to move that fast. It's just you don't. so unnatural for you to play pickleball. Well, I played tennis when I was a teenager. Yeah, when you were a teenager. So you played tennis 50 years ago? No, in my 30s. I played when we, when I was, when you, when I was in my 30s. Okay. So yeah, so it's so only been 30, it's only been 33 years. It's been 30 so years since I played tennis. I think I should start playing tennis this winter. I think I'm going to do that. Do you want to play tennis with me? Yeah, mom, I'll just cross state lines once a week to play. No, but you can take tennis lessons and I'll take tennis lessons and we could talk about them. I actually do. That was my favorite part about my suburban life during COVID was my tennis lessons. Okay, so let's let's keep that promise to ourselves. We're going to take tennis lessons this winter. And, um, and so staying connected with friends, that's always been a big one. When you go down to Florida to visit your grandmother, um, you see that it's her friends that have really kept her like going since your grandfather died and that their social life at the clubhouse was very important to them. That is why he lived such a nice, lovely life for such a long time. You know, he just passed away in April and he was what? 86. I think, I think he was, I think he was 86 or 87. Maybe he he wasn't any older than 87, but that was a nice long life he had. Um, And then obviously seeking help if you um, seek help, if you need it as you're getting older. What? Yeah. Yeah. Lexi help is always a good thing. We, you and I both agree that therapy is a very good thing. I do agree therapy is a good thing. I'm just telling people to seek help as they get older. Just If they need it. It says, I said, if they need it. Anyway, Lexi, this has been so much fun. And um, everyone who's at home listening to us right now or in your car, thank you so much for listening to the old podcast. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And you could follow us on Instagram at the old podcast. Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of The Old Show with Jody Harrison Bauer and her daughter Lexi. We hope today's episode has helped you understand that being old is just another chapter to live through, another chapter worth embracing because each day we get older, and that is a privilege. Until next time, have a beautiful week. Please remember to subscribe and give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Check us out on all social media platforms at Jody Harrison Bauer and at The Old Podcast.